Hey, you're listening to The Treehouse Storyteller. Meet me in the treehouse for God-shaped storytelling. Treehouse Storyteller is where we can come together as messy parents seeking Jesus together and raising kids to love him too. If you aren't scared of addressing cultural issues head on and finding a deeper understanding of the biblical worldview to share with your children, then you've come to the right place. I'm not afraid to be transparent and tell all of the juicy details Our children are being chased by the world, and it is our job to be well-equipped and know not only how to lead our flock, but successfully send our arrows out into the world one day to build the kingdom. So snuggle up by the fire or soak up the sunshine with those earbuds in and meet me in the treehouse for some biblical storytelling. Welcome back to the Treehouse Storyteller. If this is your first time listening, then make sure you go back and listen to episode one and two. Episode one is all about parenting, and episode two pulled my mama heartstrings during an awesome interview with Erin Lynham. I know today is going to be filled with value and encouragement because I'm interviewing a friend of mine, Emily Kark. She is a wife and mom of two boys. She loves to write and learn. She homeschools one of her sons, which has taught her so much about Jesus. She longs to gift other moms hope and a safe place to meet at Jesus's feet and find they're not as alone as they think they are. She's an author and just released an incredible book. So we're only a few episodes into Treehouse Storyteller podcast. And one of my biggest visions for this time shared on Treehouse Storyteller is equipping parents, especially mamas, How to Raise Up Amazing Children to Grow Up and Love the Lord Despite the Culture They've Been Born Into. And I truly believe Emily has a huge story to share, not only from her own walk with the Lord, but also as a mother. She often shares a similar writing style on Instagram to myself. So let me proudly introduce to you my friend, Emily. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and a little intimidated because I I don't feel like I'm an expert by any means on this mom journey. And so I hope no one will take that away today. Like I've I've read so many books and so heard so many people speak. And sometimes I leave like, I'll never be that good. So whoever's listening today <laughs> know that like I am on this walk too. I'm learning too. And all I can share is kind of the knowledge I have to this date, but I'm going to keep learning right alongside everybody else. Well, that vulnerability right there is why I want to talk to you. So I think that's awesome. And I love that. And I think if you have Jesus, not I think, I know if you have Jesus and you walk through his spirit, then then you've got it because you've got him. So go ahead and share with us a little deeper about yourself. Uh, so as you said, um, wife of 10 years in August, um, I have two boys, they're going to be nine and seven in May. And it just, I always wanted to be a wife and mom. Other girls were planning to go to college for four years and get a degree. And I was like, Nope, wife and mom. And then I became <laughs> a wife and mom and I felt really blindsided because it was not what I expected at all. And it was very devastating because I had kind of hung my hat on that being the end all be all um, place of acceptance and feeling of security and love and identity. And 
as many of you will find in life, if you are looking for anything other than God to fill the God shaped hole in your heart, wanting. And so I was, I was very wanting and very confused, hurting and lonely, and just not the mom that I wanted to be. And that was really difficult. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I I have several questions about that as we continue. Um, One thing everyone has to know about me, and I I feel like you have to be the same, Emily, just the times Mm -hmm. I've heard you speak and talk to you. I hate small talk. Mm-hmm. I, I really, mm-hmm. really hate small talk. Um, my husband's great at it. So he can, you know, shoot the breeze and just meet and greet people and hi, how's the kids? And, yeah. and I'm like, no, really, how are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Let's really talk about this. Um, and I, I scratch the surface and I, I dig, dig stuff up. And I've noticed through life, people tell me things like they really, mm-hmm. they tell me they, I don't know what it is, but I, I get, you know, dumped on a lot of information and, um, So anyways, with that being said, um, jumping in, I'd love to dive super deep with you and get all Mm -hmm. intimate (laughs) um, and go into your home. Um, I know you homeschool one of your sons um, Mm -hmm. because of his own mental health situation. Do you want to share with us that part of your mothering journey? Yeah. So, um, I was homeschooled as a child and there were times when I really liked that and times when I didn't like that. My mom has an education degree and she is phenomenal at educating and she made school so fun, but there were parts as I got older where I felt, um, I was lacking in the social construct and that can kind of happen. And that's kind of a misnomer with homeschool things. And so when I became a mom, I was not going to homeschool. But then I was a mom and I was experiencing a lot of depression and anxiety at that time. And I, the thought of being away from my kids sent me into a panic attack, but yet Mm. we can't not do things because of fear. Right. And that's what really kind of came down to God made it very, very clear that my older son was meant to go to Christian school. And we were very, very blessed to have that resource. I know a lot of people don't have that resource. Sure. And so Um, then it came time for my, um, my second son to go to school and he had been having a lot of emotional outbursts and just a lot of anger and a lot of fear. And we had looked into a couple resources. We had done some parenting classes and that was all through, um, 2020 and COVID when things were shut down and it was very hard to really get to anyone or any resources. And things during the summer of that year kind of curbed and we're like, okay, we're going to send him to school and got um, opened the door for me actually um, to work at the school too, as an aide in his classroom. And I was just like floored. I'm like, oh God, you knew I wanted to homeschool and and that, and I can't. And so uh, now you're letting me be with my kids. Like what is better? This is amazing. Here's where my ministry is going to blossom. And a couple months in, God made it very, very clear that this was not the right place for Owen. He was really struggling again. And at first I, like many people saw just an angry bratty kid that Mm. as some would say, needed a darn good spanking and, you know, get that selfish heart out of him and he'll be fine. And all of a sudden God just very clearly showed my mama heart that this is a kid who is having so much fear. He can barely function and he's being punished for it. And I knew then why God had put me in that classroom and why God had let me go send him to school and be a part of that because otherwise I would have missed it. I would have just got notes home that, Oh, Owen was misbehaving today. Owen got kicked out of class today and I would have punished him further, but God gave me that bird's eye view and to see that 
the school structure is not meant for everyone, which I know. And Owen is just one of those kids. And so um, for the last um, year and a half, we've been homeschooling. So we pulled him out um, February of 22 and finished the school year out at home. And this school year, we're also homeschooling him. So that is not something I thought I would be doing, but I have learned a lot in this walk with Owen, with his struggles and homeschooling, which I'll share more as we go on. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so I guess while we stay on that, um, how, what's one thing that you, maybe it's a couple things, um, Mm -hmm. that you see. And when you said fear, like he was really Mm -hmm. just very fearful. Mm -hmm. Um, how would you say that God has helped you feel equipped to handle that with him or like to teach him certain things? Is it through Bible verses? Is it through praying with him? Like what are some tangible things that you're doing with him that you Mm -hmm. feel like you're, you're getting him over that hurdle? Yeah. I mean, it's hard because I don't feel equipped and it's hard because I see the enemy doing the same thing to my son that the enemy did to me, but I was undiagnosed. I didn't know that I was struggling with anxiety when I was a kid. And I'm like, why does no one else feel this way? Why is no one else crying them to sleep? And I was kind of, you know, just told you have some sort of sin in your life. You need to get over it. Um, and it wasn't until I was a teen and telling my mom, I'm going to commit suicide if we don't do something that finally went to a doctor and got diagnosed with depression and got an antidepressant. And there's a whole story there too of God's redemptive grace and all of that. Um, so I know that for Owen, I don't want to see him have that same struggle and I want to utilize the tools around us. But I also understand that while there is a brain aspect and there are people who understand the brain and we need those therapeutic inputs and I need help as a parent because I don't know what I'm doing. I've never parented a boy before. I've never parented a girl before. I've never parented anyone before. Um, So I need those tools and I'm thankful for what God's given us, but I know there's a spiritual side too. So I think there's Mm. two parts to it. And I'm learning the whole time, but so we do have Owen in therapy. We do play therapy with them and God's blessed us with amazing Christian counselor that brings both of those things. She will pray for us. We'll talk about spiritual things, but we'll also do things where we're, um, acting out scenarios where Owen typically gets upset is either anxious or angry. Um, he, we've learned that he loves to color. Um, and that's how he expresses his fears and his angers and work through some mm-hmm. things. Um, but we that. also do the, the spiritual side where, you know, at night we have, um, songs on that are praise songs or songs that are scripture. Um, you know, I, repeat to him often, fear not for I'm with you. That's a very easy verse to catch. I Mm -hmm. talk to him about how the enemy, um, you know, is talking to him that, and it's something that then teaches me too, because how often are we sitting here just accepting the enemy's lies as truth and repeating them over ourselves instead of, you know, no, it's a bad day, but it's not a bad life. And, you know, helping coaching Owen through praying through those things and telling the enemy to get away from him when he's making him feel afraid. So those are some of the things that we're using. We use both. We use the therapeutic, but we absolutely use Christ as well, because for me, that's what also worked. I needed the therapy to work through some hard things and trauma in my life, but it ultimately was Christ who did the healing work through those things and those people that he's educated and allowed to understand the brain and how, how things impact us. Wow. That's awesome. I loved, there's a lot of nuggets in there. I love that Mm -hmm. verse that you said, 
and finding things that the that children can memorize at a very young mm-hmm. age. I always am super blown away by two things. One, parents that you know don't realize how intelligent their kids are and how much yes. they can memorize and how much they can put scripture on their heart at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they're memorizing all of these other songs and TV shows and lyrics and. Right. Uh, you know, all these other things, all the characters' names in this show and that show. And um, they really can be memorizing um, God's word. And you look at mm-hmm. Jewish children um, and how, you know, age five, they can recite the whole Pentateuch. And wow. it's, it's incredible. And so we as mm-hmm. Christians, I think, have dumped so much down for our mm-hmm. kids when really we need to be like just pouring scripture on top of them um, and just, you know, washing them with the word. Um, And so, you know, you started to speak um, and allude to your past um, Mm -hmm. anxiety uh, situation. And you had a, uh, you know, a period in your childhood where you really Mm -hmm. battled that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we had, you and I had a very similar church life, at least growing up with a lot Mm -hmm. of legalism, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of like, Hey, put your pretty dress on for Sunday and look the part and do the right thing Mm -hmm. and just, you know, act like it's all put together. And I just, you know, the whole like nice Christian girl Mm -hmm. scene and it's not vulnerable. It's not true. Um, and what that does to us when I feel like we need to teach our kids at a young age is it's not teaching them that it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to receive help after you've Mm -hmm. asked for help. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's okay to have accountability because that's what us believers are meant to have. And so I just, I love that you have been so faithful to what God can do in your life and your son's life that you have been able to, you know, just back away from other things and give your time and energy to him and making Mm -hmm. sure that he's met on that spiritual level. And Mm -hmm. it's, so much more important than an educational level is your spiritual level. And, um, so anyways, I guess, um, what in regards to your own testimony, do you want to share with us a little bit of what kind of you went through as a child and how you overcame that? Sure. Um, so like I said, I struggled with what I didn't realize, but know now was anxiety and panic attacks and a lot of fear, especially related to sickness, which, um, then also, combo in the legalism and kind of the shame heaped on me through different poor life decisions mm. sent me spiraling down to depression. And then I have children and I have postpartum depression on top of that. And I'm just so unfulfilled in my life because I thought that my children would fulfill me. I thought that my relationship with my husband would fulfill me and everywhere that mm. I lacked, this would now satisfy and it didn't. And I don't think we talk about that enough. I don't feel like people at least when I grew up and, and I admit, maybe I didn't listen, maybe I didn't want to hear it, but I don't remember anybody talking about how hard motherhood is about postpartum depression, about, um, struggles about maybe not always enjoying motherhood. And that doesn't make you a bad mom. Do you always enjoy mm-hmm. your job, your desk job at work? Did you always enjoy high school, college, you know, being on the soccer team? And if you really, really love soccer, did you always enjoy <laughs> that? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we're not bad moms. If there's moments where in our humanity, we're not liking something or someone so much, but then it's what you sure. do with that. Um, but yeah. 
in the end, God was completely in control and allowing me to come to some of my lowest points in my life and in my marriage, looking for love in all the wrong places um, was really a catalyst. Um, someone had said our setbacks are set ups in the hands of God. And so huge setbacks hmm. in my marriage and motherhood um, were, was really a set up for me to get back into therapy with a very specific life coach um, that helped me see where all these triggers and traumas um, were being manipulated by the enemy to cause further depression and pain and anxiety. And prevent me from being the mom that I wanted to be. I had turned into this monster really that I didn't know, but I didn't know anything else to do. I knew how to be authoritative. I knew how to, you do what I say when I say it, I knew about the cry it out and the don't co-sleep and you must breastfeed and use the oils, but don't do this. Like all these <laughs> do's and don'ts that are just exhausting. And yet my kids don't fit in this box. I don't fit in this box. Hmm. Um, and God really stripped away kind of all that people pleasing and all the reasons I was looking for, for love and acceptance and filled me up with him, which then has enabled me. I like to say, you need to be filled up with Jesus so you can pour his love out. If you're filled up with his love, then he's going to flow out of you. Now, do we do yeah. that perfectly? Do I do that perfectly? No, but it's completely changed how I am as a mother through that healing. I'd been on antidepressant for 12 years. I've been off it for four years now because God healed mm. me by allowing awesome. me to see where those lies are. And so I know that he's going to do that same thing for Owen and we get a, a faster start at this point. You know, Owen isn't going to struggle with this for 18 years and accept all those lies for 18 years because God showed me in his grace because he gave me to Owen, um, with the flaws and failures I have that enable me to have that compassion for Owen. So when other people are saying, you know, putting him in this box of bad kid before he even has a chance, I see a kid who really loves really, really hard and has really big emotions and is mm -hmm. human and simple and needs Jesus. And if we just label him bad, he will end up being bad. But if we give yeah. him a chance, if we dig deeper, like you said, past the small talk and what's, what's really bothering you, you know, we have a chance to gift Owen an opportunity to become the great man of God that he was meant to be. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that so much. Um, so let's talk about anxiety for a second, a little sure. further. Um, so I re recently spoke about this topic, actually, with a group of young moms. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. I terrified them and they were all <laughs> a deer in headlights because their kids were <laughs> not really yet to, it was a mops group. And, okay. um, you know, I'm trying to like really prepare their heart, like of how yeah. much they need to be a piece of their kid's life and, mm -hmm. um, helping them through the culture that we live in today is, mm -hmm. you know, statistics are insane. So one in one in six kids have diagnosed mental illness. Yeah. One in 10 kids have issues with anxiety. I mean, correct me if my, I'm, I'm wrong, if you have different studies, but these are the no. ones I've, I've read up. Yeah. And looking at this from, I always try from, you know, a medical perspective, right. First Jesus. And then also how can we be preventative? Like what can mm -hmm. we do to prevent these things? And from a preventative care situation, I'm, I'm not a doctor listeners. I have zero medical expertise. Um, <laughs> I, I try and push into Jesus. And these are, these are things that I feel like really can speak to us as moms, sure. but we, we mamas hold the key to the prevention. 
Uh, Many studies, and these are secular studies, conclude that a child's identity is directly affected by their attachment to their parents, Mm -hmm. which is insane to me that, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but it's crazy to me that that is the number one thing that we as parents can do is spend time with our kids. And Mm -hmm. I think you look at what are parents doing today um, when they're around their kids, maybe their kids are at school all day and then they come home and they're staring at their phones and here's your iPad and watch your show. And mm-hmm. you're looking at your own thing. Um, and there, there isn't that real relationship. There isn't a real connection. You just are yeah. roommates at that point. You're not parenting. You're not being instructed. You're not being trained up in the ways of the Lord. And so mm-hmm. I guess, um, what I want to ask you is, you know, because we're called to be apart from the way the world's doing things, and this is clearly kind of the way that the world is going and the way it's been going for a while. How do you see our culture like moving in a direction that, you know, really we have to be more diligent um, with parenting in a time that I really do feel like we can't leave any topics to the world to teach our kids. And you're in a unique situation where you've got one kid in -hmm. Christian schools and one kid at home. And so you probably can see a difference even just with that because you're, you're with one kid more than the other. Um, But how do you see our, our culture, especially with mental illness, things like anxiety different than, you know, really the generation we grew up in because you, you dealt with anxiety too. Um, But, you know, to just really speak to new moms um, and moms with, you know, kids our age, Mm -hmm. um, what things do we need to look for? What things can we do to help guide them through this? um, this problem. Yeah. Um, so many thoughts, um, cause I want to take this in a certain direction, but I feel like I need to build it up a little bit. Um, recently, Go our, for it. This, um, <laughs> my son's school hosted a local FBI agent who was in, um, he oversees child sex crime and okay. he came in and spoke to the school about the link between social media games, um, the internet really, and our children and that relationship um, and how parents need to be more involved in that relationship. And one thing he mentioned in that talk that really struck me is he's, and he talked about how mental health is so high, the suicide rates. I mean, I forget what the statistics yeah. were, but it was insane. Yeah. The jump, the jumps and boys and girls of like 11, the jump was huge. And he said, you know, when you got off the bus a decade ago, maybe a little more 15, you know, when I was a kid. Okay. So 15, 20 years ago, I'm, th- I'm going to yeah. be 32 this year, but okay. think about back before when it was still dial up, you had AOL and your parents, you know, put a limit on it because the phone needed to ring and you're using the phone line. Um, so you got home from school, you'd been bullied all day. You'd been picked on, you've been treated a certain way, but <sighs> go outside, play, come back in when the, when the lights turn on for, for the night, you know, the street lights. Now you come home and that bullying continues and you get on social media. And now that person is there harassing you. That picture or video of you is up on TikTok. You can't get away from it. And I don't think we as parents maybe realize that's what's happening because we're a little out of touch. And I say this of myself too, because I grew up, I got a cell phone when I was 14 and that was just like a flip razor phone. Like the the mm. pictures were grainy. I didn't have internet on it. And my, I think I got my first um, smartphone when I was 20. And that was mm-hmm. completely overwhelming to me. And I know how overwhelmed 
I get on social media, there was actually like three or four years during my motherhood where I didn't go on social media because it was so unhealthy for me. Um, and then I got back on it and it completely changed. I was like, what, mm-hmm. what is this? And that's yeah. how fast the culture is changing. And I'm out of touch with it myself. I can't believe how old it makes me feel <laughs> at 31 <laughs> because I'm so out of touch with this. So tying it back, trying to tie it back to the anxiety, but I think the anxiety, the depression, um, it has a direct correlation to that. Now, mm-hmm. my anxiety was really, I would say more, on isolation um, basis, because I didn't have a lot of people speaking into my life who were noticing Mm. kind of me pulling back. I think there was a lack of education on those things. So maybe some of the spike, we could say we're more educated. So we're able to label things that we didn't realize before, but I don't think we can stop there. We don't just label it. And then we do nothing. Your child Mm -hmm. got cancer. You're just like, Oh, well, they got diagnosis. And then you go home and you do nothing. No, you take them to doctors, you take them to therapies. Maybe you change their diet. I think we need to be aware of those things too. The things that we're eating. Some people say, oh, you know, my kid is, has ADHD, but I've tried the no die thing. It doesn't work. Well, for Owen, he has a possible ADHD diagnosis as well. And we don't do food dye because I can see a difference. Now, moms, please hear my heart. What God has called me to is different than what God is going to call you to. And we Mm -hmm. need to stay in our lanes. This is not a competition. This is not a, I'm doing it better than you because the, the child, the child that you are raising is different than mine. So take all this to the grain of salt, take to the foot of the cross and find what Jesus has for you there. But for us, um, it matters what Owen watches. It matters what he he sees. I think a lot of people would say we way over shelter them. My kids have never even seen Pocahontas because Owen would be very, very upset about the scene where um, does John Smith get shot and the Indian dies. Mm-hmm. Like that would be very, very upsetting to him. Mm-hmm. And so some people would say, oh, you need to expose him. But do I need to expose him to that at six do I you know I don't I don't think so now we talk about hard things we've talked about Ukraine Um, I'm involved in the fight against sex trafficking right now I talk about what that is Lincoln understands what that is he knows what pornography is because again like I'm getting all into it but yeah we we have to talk about things I think we, we, you and I grew up in a culture, we didn't talk about things. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I want to do different with my kids, because if we're not talking about the hard topics, how are our kids coming to us and saying, Hey, on the bus today, I saw a naked woman. What do I do with that mom? Yeah. And these are eight yeah. and nine-year-olds. That's the average age. And that changes their brain forever, especially yeah. if you don't know, Hey, I'm getting bullied by so-and-so if we're not talking to our kids and our faces are in our phone and we're not developing that relationship, who are, who else are our kids going to talk to? Who else are they going to go to? And and all those things. Exactly. And they're going to be hurt and rejected. And the world will play the same lie that the enemy does. I will be your friend. I will be your lover, Mm -hmm. your constant companion. And let me lead you into the darkest corner. And then when you're caught, when you are so entangled in that sin and that lust and that pride and that shame, Satan's out and the world will do the same thing to you too. Yeah. And then who do they have? And then so often it's that bad kid, shame on them and they have no one. So, it's so good. We, we have to be that advocate for our kid, good, bad, or ugly. Yeah, absolutely. I always, I always say, if we don't tell our kids about something, they're going to go to someone else that will. Yes. They want answers. Yes. They want knowledge. Yeah. They want 
they want, um, in their minds, what is wisdom? You know, they, they really do Mm -hmm. crave truth. And if we don't just give them truth, which on Mm -hmm. their level at appropriate times, you know, there's all these other, I'm not saying just vomit all of these horrible things on top of your kid when they're too young to even comprehend what you're talking about. But when they come to you and honestly ask for questions, Mm -hmm. give them an answer. And if you don't have the answer, Mm -hmm. tell them you don't know, and let's figure it out together. Um, I think is, is so important too. I think, you know, a lot of times we just kind of push them away. Like, I don't know, just, you know, ask me later. Like, I don't, I don't know, but we need to take that time um, and really spend that with them to, you know, entertain those thoughts that they're having because those are insecurities that they're trying to work through Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out and figure out their identity in the world. And, um, you know, with this whole uh, anxiety issue, I think a huge piece of it is, is really knowing your identity. And if our identity is rooted on, you know, a rocky surface, I'm out here in Rocky Mountains. Okay. So half Mm -hmm. of my yard is rock. And I always we have to like do a lot of different weeding throughout the summer. And if the, if the weed is on top of the rocky areas, it pulls up super fast because it's not penetrating into any depth of fertile soil or nutritious land. Um, It just pulls right up. Mm -hmm. But if it's, if it's in the softer spots of the soil, then, I mean, you're, you're like, I always say pulling a Chinaman from the other other side. I mean, it's, it is in there, um, deeply. And I think we have to, we have to lay a foundation for our kids of Mm. fertile soil so that their little roots can just grow and grow and penetrate deeper into that soil. And if we just give, give them like a blanketed, just, you know, a flat, not deep answer, then they're going to have a, a not deep root system. Um, and then their identity can just be tossed whichever way the world feels like tossing it that day. Um, Mm -hmm. so Emily, you wrote a book. Oh my goodness. I could just keep talking and talking, but, um, (laughs) I want to hear about this book. I have it in my hand right here. Dear mama, one mama's journey of learning to live beyond beloved. Sorry. Um, tell us a little bit about this book. I love how it is letters two mamas. I love the format. Um, why is this so important for our listeners to read if they're going through this stage of motherhood? So I think this is that hand extended that I wish that I would have had. They're open letters. Um, I feel like I could have got a lot, gone a lot deeper with it, but these are the words that God gave me to just give you that nugget of truth of saying, Hey, you're not alone. Um, I'm there too. I'm trying to speak on topics that I feel like we don't really say, you know, this day feels impossible. I'm struggling with depression. My kids are puking for the fifth time this season. Like why, what am I doing wrong? How am I failing? I'm speaking to those topics, those things that we don't say, we don't feel like we can say because we'll be judged. We'll be shamed. We'll be looked at funny. Um, this is me opening up the dialogue and giving you permission to wrestle well, but, but end up, um, surrendered at the feet of Jesus. I didn't write anything that I didn't feel like God had given me, uh, a word on. So as in, I am not the kind of person that wants to pr- put a bow on it, on the package mm. inside it's bloody and bleedy, but we'll just, we're just, just package it up quick, put a bow on it, put it under <laughs> the tree and forget about it. No. So I, 
wouldn't finish a writing when I was writing this until I was like, God, I'm still, I am still wrestling in my spirit. I still Mm. feel pain about this. So show me what the truth is. So, um, I still don't feel like they all have pretty bows. I don't want it to be like that, but there's a truth nugget with it that I want you to grasp onto knowing that you, you are loved by Jesus on your good days as a mom, on your bad days as a mom, you are loved. You're your 10 step plan, um, fulfilled or unfulfilled does not change God's love for you. And I think that's something we have to grasp. And it's very hard, especially if you've kind of grown up in that perfection mindset, which many of us women have, uh, it's hard to let go of thinking that we are worth more than our good or bad days or our failures or successes as a mother. And I think that's where a lot of that, um, competition comes in in motherhood, because how can you, Hannah and I be correct if we do things differently, but it comes down to you are fully loved and covered in Jesus. And he's asked you to raise these children for a purpose that is not yet seen. And so our choices may be different, but if you and your husband agree under the, (laughs) the covering of Christ, then God is pleased with your decision, even if it's completely different to mine. And Mm -hmm. as long as, you know, it's following the word of God. Um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's, you can use it as a devotional, you know, um, you know, along with your regular reading, you could use it as just something kind of to end your day. There's like three, five minute reads, there's 45 of them. Um, and I just hope that it, it brings a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of just kind of this, okay, I'm not so alone as I think I am. And maybe, maybe I can do today just one day at a time with Jesus. I love that. That's so encouraging. Um, So where can everyone go by this? Um, Let me know where they can find you, where they can connect with you and where they can purchase your book. Um, So my book is available on Amazon. Um, You can find me on Instagram at learning to live beloved one. And from there, you can also hop on my website and find links to the book. My website is www.learningtolivebelovedministries.com. Some of that information may be changing in the future, um, but um, I'll make sure Hannah maybe can update that for me if it does. So if what I say here is different than what is in the link, follow the link and you will find me. Um, But also through Amazon, um, that will be all be updated too. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. Before we go, what are your top values you want to encourage other mamas listening to make sure we are passing down to our next generation? Sure. So you had told me we'd have this question. I wrote some things down. I will just preface (laughs) with these are not in like one to five order, like most important to least. They're kind of like all important, but I wrote down five things. Um, The first thing is what you ingest matters. And this goes back to worldview, which I know we Mm. talked about a little bit. Um, I had a high school class that did worldview and it literally changed my worldview because I no longer could think I can just watch and listen to whatever I want to watch and listen to, which of course my parents have told me my whole life, but you know, (laughs) what do parents know? Um, And I realized as I get older, that is true. (laughs) And so what I am seeing, what I am hearing, who I'm surrounding myself with, it will numb me to um, truth, or it will edify me to make lies more evident. Um, Mm. So what you ingest matters, and that's true for your children too. So 
don't think that just that little show is fine. What attitudes are on there? What language is on there? Yeah. What um, woke culture is being spoken in that? Mm-hmm. Who are the friends you're surrounding them with? Um, what music are you listening to? All those things will affect your children. Um, our words matter. Our words are life. So maybe you grew up with a parent that yelled at you and now you find yourself yelling kind of like I was in motherhood. Um, I don't think we realize sometimes that our kids have feelings too, but -hmm. they do like, I know they're smaller than us and they're supposed to obey and, and catch the drift and do the thing. And sometimes I feel like we can fall in this place as moms of just wanting convenience, obedience for convenience, Mm -hmm. but our words and our tone matter to our kids and we are speaking life or death over them. Um, so I also want to teach my children that as well. When you call someone stupid, that's death. That's not just saying stupid. Oh, well, whatever you were speaking death over them. And now we need to replace Mm. that with life, which again, comes back to knowing scripture, right? Um, that's good. I, I think the comparison thing I want to teach my kids, I want them to stay in their lane. I don't want them to be comparing to each other. Again, I think it's kind of this cultural thing where, oh, your brother has good grades or well, your brother did it. And I catch myself doing this because that's how I was raised. I was raised with Mm -hmm. the authoritarian rule, kind of lacking grace, sweep things under the rug and comparison and so I ask God to catch me when I'm doing that and give me something else to say, because I don't really know what to say here. Um, but <laughs> teach your kids to be who God has made them to be, not their brother, not their friend, not the kid who's getting, you know, all the straight A's meet your kid where they are in their struggle and, and encourage them where they're at, because maybe a D is the best they can do, but God really doesn't care about that D because someday he's going to have them on the mission field. They don't need that. Um, mm. Um, and I, another thing, um, is I want my kids to have abnormal faith as in normal faith is kind of this mediocre, go to church, do your thing, give your tithe, maybe volunteer at a soup kitchen. But I want them to look at that faith as weird. Like, why wouldn't you go above and beyond for the people Mm -hmm. around you? Why would you go and watch that thing? Why would you be addicted to porn? Like I want them to look at culture as if they're crazy instead of the other way around, even if they're the last man standing. I want them to be the ones leading that charge saying, I'd rather spend my Friday night in a group of, you know, kind of social outcast speaking love and truth to them and showing them grace rather than at a football game or at the latest movie. And I pray that that will happen. I don't know. I don't know how to parent for that, but I hope that as I walk that out, because we have to be that example for our kids, we can expect Mm -hmm. them to be world changers if we're not going to be that. But I pray that as I do that, that they will have that abnormal kind of faith in a culture that is going totally down the toilet and kind of to (laughs) wrap all those things up things up with his truth. If you are not rooted in truth and rooting your children in truth and having that constant, what's that verse about like, bind it around your, your head, your hand, your arm. I don't know. A bunch of places mm-hmm. like keep that truth up in you because again, with how much, um, TV media we have in our lives, um, if you don't have equal or more amounts of truth, and that can't just be Sunday morning, Sunday school, your kids are not going to be equipped to fight back to know 
those answers. It can't just be mommy and daddy's belief or because we go to church on Sunday, you got to really give them Mm -hmm. the, the answers to the hard questions was go going back to making yourself available to talk about that. Even if that's something you didn't talk about with your parents and it's uncomfortable for you because you've never even thought about it. Use this as a time to learn with your kids, not to make them feel small, but this is, (laughs) I often feel like I'm a kid again, as a parent, I've gone back Mm -hmm. to kindergarten with Owen, but I'm grateful for that because it's taught Mm -hmm. me self-control when I wanted to yell and tell him to get in the car and stop throwing a fit and being a baby and suck it up and go to sleep and leave me alone. God calls my heart (laughs) to see this child, treat him with the grace that I've treated you because when's the last time I said, get in the car or I'm walking away from you. That's not for us. Um, So just make sure that you are ingesting that truth and you are just covering your kids in it, even if they hate Mm -hmm. you for it, because someday they're going to thank you that they have that foundation. Oh, that's so good, Emily. I love it so much. Thank you for sharing all of those. I think they're uh, invaluable. Oh my goodness. Um, I love all of those and I love all of those reminders. I love how bold you are and how vulnerable and transparent and the way that you just shoot things straight. Um, I'm so, it's so refreshing. I'm so thankful for our conversation. Just really appreciate you spending the time with me this morning. Um, Um, Thanks for having me on. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've got, we've got a big job as mamas and Mm -hmm. there's, there's so much coming at our kids and we have Mm -hmm. to, you know, shield them from certain things when the time is to shield them, but we also have to train them the battle as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, I just loved, loved our conversations. Thank you again for being on the Treehouse Storyteller podcast. Um, I know I have really enjoyed our time together today and I'm sure our listeners did as well. So thank you, Emily. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me on. I hope we can do it again. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Wait, before you go, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow us on Treehouse Storyteller or check us out online at thetreehousestoryteller.com for more products, blogs, photography, and encouragement. See you soon.